This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, Horns247.com. Joined by the managing editor of Horns247, Taylor Estes. And we are recapping the Texas Longhorns regular season finale, a 38-27 win over Baylor on Black Friday. And Taylor, for, uh, well, a little over three quarters, it looked like it might be a nightmare Black Friday for the Longhorns. But... Uh, after a strip sack scoop and score by Baylor that allowed the Bears to take the lead uh, with 13 minutes and 30 seconds left in the game, uh, Steve Sarkeesian said, okay, 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 I I will just give the ball <laughs> to Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. And Texas ended the game with 25 straight running plays, all a part of, well, not all, but uh, two straight touchdown drives with a Jalen Ford interception sandwiched in between. And Texas uh, takes control of the game thanks to Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, the the two uh, wonder two-headed duo, monsters, yeah, two-headed <laughs> monster, super. They're Marvel characters. I don't know who you, pick one, uh, pick two, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but this was this was a crazy game because for the first half, Baylor dominated the time of possession. They were the ones establishing the running game, but they weren't, you know, they're going on long drives, but they weren't coming away with touchdowns. So they only led 1917 at the half. Uh, and then the Texas defense, which was little um Generous in the first half, had some busted coverages, gave up some long plays, including a 47-yard touchdown pass. Completely shuts down the Baylor offense in the second half. Held the Bears to 56 total yards. We mentioned the the Jalen Ford interception, his fourth interception of, of the season. Always at a big time, it seems. Uh, DeMarvian Overshone finishes with 14 tackles for that incredible defensive effort. Jalen Ford with 13. Both of them had two tackles for loss. Uh, both of them had a sack. I mean, the defense was amazing until Steve Sarkeesian could finally get it through his head that, you know what, I just need to hand the ball to Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Yeah, I mean, what a concept, right? You have arguably 
one of the best one-two punches in college football in Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson. They're probably likely final home game playing for Texas, playing in DKR. Um, Roshan Johnson's been a little bit more open about, you know, he's probably not going to use his COVID year of eligibility to return. He's probably, uh, or he's not banking on it, I believe is what he said on Monday when he was asked about it. Bijan has been a little mum in talking about it, understandably so. You know, there's still games left, um, or at least one game, a bowl game at least, and potentially, depending on how the Kansas-K-State game uh, turns out tomorrow on Saturday, potentially two games left on the schedule for him. But yeah, I mean, this was, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has said, in, you know, weeks before this, that when the when he, the game is on the line, he wants to put the ball in the hands of the people that he trusts the most. And he has, you know, pointed out, singled out Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson in those scenarios. He did it today. It um, obviously, you know, paid off. Bijan Robinson, I believe, finished with 179 yards, uh, 6.2 yards per carry. He did surpass Jamal Charles on the all-time rushing uh career rushing list in uh, texas football history he is now number four behind rookie williams earl campbell and cedric benson and uh you know he he came up with those two crucial touchdowns obviously Rashawn johnson had a touchdown and i feel like this was a perfect way to end the season the way the game played out obviously it wasn't great in the first half and it kind of made you a little uneasy wondering, is Sark going to actually hand the ball off to these guys more and just let them try to do work, you know, on this Baylor defense? Um, that's been pretty decent against the run, but have, you know, been known to give up some big chunk yardage, um, you know, against teams this season. Obviously kind of an up and down year for Baylor, but this was a huge win, Chip. And I think the defense gets needs to get a ton of a credit because this is the third straight game that the Texas defense itself has held their opponents to fewer than 20 points. I know, you know, Baylor scored 27, but two of those points came on a safety. Uh, the first, you know, possession on offense by Texas where um, Quinn Ewers had the intentional grounding penalty against him, which led to the safety and then the uh, fumble that, that Baylor did return for a touchdown. So 18 points given up by the Texas defense considering what the defense was last season, you'll take that every day of the week and uh, twice on Sunday or Black Friday, we'll say today. But, uh, I, you know, just a, a great way for, I think, the defense, especially to end the regular season, especially with so many of the upperclassmen on that side of the ball playing in their last game at DKR. Yeah, yeah. Um, Texas finishes the game with um, seven tackles for loss and three sacks. Uh, DeMarvian Overshone, Jade Barron, Alfred Collins uh, with with the sacks. And um, they just played suffocating defense despite uh, Baylor owning the time of possession in the first half, 21 minutes and one second to eight minutes and 59 seconds. Um, the Texas defense was on the field for for you know 21 minutes of the 30 in the first half and you're wondering oh lord is this a recipe for disaster is this texas defense gonna finally give out because the texas offense was like a fish flopping around on a boat deck one second it looked great the next quinn yours was getting sacked i mean yours was sacked five times 
and the the offense had all five penalties in this game four false starts um three in a row technically three in a row and yeah Jatavian Sanders fourth down one and then back to back Hayden Connor yeah yeah and at the worst time I mean you just mm-hmm. mentioned it they're going for it on fourth and one Jatavian Sanders false start they end up punting and and then the intentional grounding on Quinn Ewers to open the game from the end zone which was resulted in the safety and you're just wondering what what on earth is going on here and so you know even even uh, a pass to Jordan Whittington the, after after two of those false starts in Texas was at first and 20 they complete a 29 yard pass to Jordan Whittington who looks amazing on the play and then he gets rocked and fumbles and Baylor recovers and you're going man it is just not the Texas offense's day when are they going to just hand it to Bijan Robinson who you know in the first half Bijan um had uh he had 12 carries for um oh man oh no through the first three quarters taylor through the first three quarters he had 12 carries for 64 yards through the first three quarters in the fourth quarter he had 17 carries for 115 yards uh and and the touchdown and you're just you know you're wondering what took so long because this was another game that was eerily similar to the oklahoma state game where texas um you know has the lead looks like they have the the game you know starting to get under their control and then they keep putting the game in the ar- on the arm of Quinn Ewers when clearly it's not a good day. He's, as I mentioned, been sacked uh, four times by the time he finally gets uh, this, you know, Baylor gets the strip sack and scoop and score touchdown to take the lead with 1330 left. And in the, f- to, and that's in the fourth quarter, Baylor led uh, with 1330 left in the game. And that's when Steve Sarkeesian decides to run it 25 straight times to end the game. And he, you know, he said he blamed himself for calling that. That was a first down pass Taylor that, that uh, Quinn Ewers got sacked for a 17 yard loss. The ball comes out and Baylor scoops it and scores it. Um, when Bijan Robinson had just run for nine yards, you're, it just, it, it just put me right back in that Oklahoma state game where Texas had the two fourth quarter drives that started off averaging six yards a carry and 11 yards per carry only to throw the ball incomplete on second and third down one drive ended in a punt, the other in a missed 46 yard field goal. And you fans are going to play the what if game. I'm playing the what if game right now. What if they'd have just trusted Bijan Robinson to do what he did today against a kind of similar run defense. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Texas is already in the Big 12 title game. Maybe Bijan Robinson is is higher in the consideration for the, the Heisman Trophy or the Doak Walker Award. Um, you know, was today enough? Was today enough? A hundred. 179 yards rushing and a dominant fourth quarter 
on a day where there's not a lot of college football going on. Was that enough in front of Heisman voters to say, okay, here's a guy who's surging. Here's a guy who's, who's done it. He just ran for 243 the last week uh, in a 55-14 win over Kansas. Is that enough to get him on enough Heisman ballots to at least get invited to New York? Um, I, I, you know, as a Heisman voter, I'm looking long and hard at the guy and saying, you know what, he's pretty darn special. And, yeah. and what he does is take over games. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. I know as you know, with Chip being a Heisman voter, you're not supposed to really talk about how you are planning to vote until, you know, the finalists and everything do come out. But Chip, for you as a Heisman voter, you obviously have covered B. John Robinson for the last three years, mainly, let's just be honest, two years, because I feel like most people would wonder if he was underutilized his his uh, true freshman year in 2020. It was a, a shortened season, obviously, as well with the COVID only playing 10 games that year. But as a Heisman voter, I feel like the the award a lot of times has turned into the best player on the best team or the best quarterback on the best team um, in recent years. There have been a few years I feel like they, the voters did get it right, you know, when RG3 won. Obviously, Baylor was not one of the top teams in college football. When Johnny Manziel won, sorry, Texas fans, but that was the right call. Like, he he was the best player in college football. It just, it seems like when those scenarios do come to fruition, it's always the quarterback. But you as a voter, Chip, I'm curious, in watching what Bijan has done this season and how he's been able to really change the outcome of games and really put games on his shoulders as a quote-unquote underutilized running back, what what's your take? Does he deserve, in your opinion, if, if you're talking to other Heisman voters, are you you know, kind of uh, petitioning for him to get at least an invite to New York, or do you think that there's better running backs in college football that are just as special and just as um, important to the team? As well, I think I think the the voters in the state of Texas in the Southwest probably know how good Bijan Robinson is, but the voters in California and in the Southeast and in the Northeast and in the Midwest uh, probably would need to see Bijan Robinson in a Big Twelve championship game. I mean his his Heisman hopes might rest with the Kansas Jayhawks on Saturday night because. Um, if the Heisman voters are doing their due diligence, they're not going to vote until the conference championship games are completed. You have until the Monday after the conference championship games to submit your vote, especially in a year like this where there's not a runaway favorite for the Heisman. I think everyone needs to, to wait until the conference championship games are completed and and it might come down to that. Um, I it hope should. it should, right? It should. It always yeah. should. It yes. always should. And and I hope that Heisman voters were, you know, made a note to to watch the Texas game, knowing that Bijan Robinson, a guy who we're now talking about, as you mentioned, a guy who passed Jamal Charles, uh, trails only Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, and Earl Campbell on the all-time rushing list at Texas. That is so significant because uh, Jamal Charles and Bijan Robinson are the only three-year players on on that list. The the three players above them played four years. Uh, Ricky Williams, obviously, um, 
you know, 6,279 yards rushing in his four years. Um, it's, I, it'll be interesting because, you know, I'm sitting here watching this North Carolina game. Uh, Mac Brown's got a quarterback named Drake May, who's been fantastic uh, this year. And he's in, you know, he's in overtime against NC State. And, um, you know, these are the, these are the players who are, um, you know, who are under consideration. And I hope the Heisman voters paid attention today because uh, B. John Robinson was phenomenal in the fourth quarter and single-handedly lifted his team uh, from uh, a deficit to take command of that game and win this thing uh, by 11 points. And so um, I think Bijan Robinson made a strong case for himself today. I just don't know if it's enough and, and does he need that conference championship game where he's got all the eyeballs in a, in a big time, uh, showcase game to to get them to to you know put his name uh, as one of the three names on their ballot. I don't know at this point, but I think Bijan Robinson made a strong case for those Heisman voters who were watching today. Yeah, and and you would hope so too. And you know, I will say this. You know, obviously Bijan Robinson, I would say headlines this win for Texas Chip, but. What should not go unnoticed is Roshan Johnson as well. I mean, another game where he really played a solid backup, you know, RB2 type of role, um, 13 yeah, carries. Yeah, for a guy who was a game-time decision Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, with a, you know, with a couple of injuries coming out of the Kansas game last week. Yeah, and, and he got, you know, came and handled business 77 yards rushing, 5.9 yards per Per carry also had uh, two touchdowns, rushing touchdowns as well. I mean, this is, uh, I, I will say this. And his when, final touchdown, Taylor, had he hurdled a Baylor defender at the three. Yeah. On an 11-yard touchdown run that will be on SportsCenter tonight. It should. Yeah, it should be leading the Sports Center, you know, top 10 plays. And it's funny, Chip, because um, when we're in the press box at games, oftentimes we'll like go down to the field um, with five minutes left on the game clock, that's usually when they allow people in the press box to go onto the the sidelines there. And so I got down onto the sideline and I was in the, you know, if you're uh, where Texas was driving on the right side, where he was hurtling. And that was the one of the first plays I saw in the field. And I was like, dang, I came at the right time because I literally saw him hurdle right above me, <laughs> essentially. And I was just like, my gosh, that kid was like if, if he would have probably talked to agents or talked to people close to him that are looking out for his future would have been like, sit, like, don't, don't, you know, chance it. Let's just be cautious. You know, you have a whole future ahead of you. He's, he's kind of talked his way into potentially a day two NFL draft pick as a backup running back. And when I saw that, I was just like, that is a perfect ending. I feel like to Roshan Johnson's career at Texas for what he has done at Texas you know, starting off being a quarterback recruit, being asked if he would move to running back as a freshman because Texas needed depth at running back. And he didn't think, I don't think at that time, that he was going to stay a running back. He wanted to, you know, I, I've talked to sources close to Roshan Johnson. At that time, he wanted to move back to playing quarterback. And the more he played running back, the more he kind of, I think, felt like, okay, maybe I am a running back. You know, it took a couple of years for him to get to that point. But just like the fact that that was kind of the the seal the deal moment for him at DKR in front of that home crowd, 
I feel like he deserves so much credit and uh, probably has not gotten anywhere near the credit that he is due, not just overall, but I think some, I think Texas fans have given him a ton of credit. I think every, if, if Texas fans are diehards and they watch every single game, they know Roshan Johnson is never the one that's going to, you know, half a it or anything like that. He's going to give us all regardless, but that I just feel like I was just like, what a cool moment for him. I'm so glad that he got a touchdown in general. And the fact that, you know, two of the touchdowns and one came on a hurdle play. I just felt like, there you go, Roshan, like you, you go off into the sunset onto the NFL because you've done everything you can for Texas. And I, I want to give credit where credit is due there. And, um, you know, obviously Bijan's going to steal the show, but Roshan, my goodness, talk about that secondary backup performance that he had once again. And I feel like you, we talk about that almost every single week with him. Yeah, no, and he, he's, he's been so outstanding for this football team as a leader and Steve Sarkeesian has talked about it. All of his teammates have talked about it. So, um, you just, uh, you're you're just so happy for Roshan Johnson to to decide to play in the game despite his injuries and have a game like that, have a finish like that. Uh, that was his 11-yard touchdown run where he hurdles the Baylor defender, came right after the Jalen Ford interception. It it was Texas's final points of the game. It gave them the the 11-point lead and and Texas the defense stuffed Baylor once again. After that, and Texas was in position to score again when they, when they basically took a knee and ended the game. So, uh, just a unbelievable fourth quarter. And for for Texas fans, it was the ultimate final fifteen. Well, let's say final thirteen minutes and thirty seconds. Uh, after that, Baylor scoop and score, and you're sitting there going, "Oh no, is Texas going to invent a way to lose this game?" <laughs> they resoundingly dominate um, that fourth quarter. And again, held Baylor to only 56 yards of total offense in the second half. I mean, this Texas defense from where they were a year ago, giving up over 200 yards uh, per game, rushing, giving up over, giving up 5.2 yards per carry second worst in school history to now, um, you know, be holding, uh, opponents under 20 points on the regular and to completely shut down uh, TCU, the number one scoring offense in the conference, Kansas, the number two scoring offense in the conference in back-to-back -back weeks, and then, you know, get dominated in the first half in terms of time of possession and come back and play the way that the Texas defense did in the second half against Baylor, which is a stout running team and again dominated the time of possession in the first half because Dave Aranda even though uh, Baylor was only averaging um 2.1 yards per carry um they stuck with it and and it helped them I mean it helped them you know control the clock it helped them I mean Taylor they're two of their big pass plays in the first half were on fourth and two and fourth and six. They completed a 15 yard pass on fourth and two and a 16 yard pass on fourth and six. And you're sitting there going, Oh my gosh, you know, this is the Texas tech game all over again, <laughs> where 
they're, you know, getting everything to where they want it, but they're the other team's going for it on fourth down and converting and, and you're starting to think, Oh no. Um, but for them to play the way that for the Texas defense to play the way it did in the second half was so impressive. And, um, Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, deserves a ton of credit. Bo Davis, the defensive line coach, Jeff Choate, the linebackers coach for getting Jalen Ford. How about Jalen Ford? What do you, I mean, this guy has finished the year. He, he very well could be, and I think he should be the big 12 defensive player of the year. You have a year like that. Are you thinking about, uh, coming out early? We talked about this a little bit on our flagship podcast during the week. Yeah. You know, he said, well, I, I still think I have some things to work on, but I'll sit down with my family. Okay. Here's another game, you know, where he's yeah. dominant two tackles for loss, a pass breakup, a quarterback, hurry, a huge interception. This guy's everywhere and um, uh, really impressive. What a way to finish the regular season. Yeah. And I would say that Jalen Ford is definitely one of the guys that has a decision to make because I, I agree with you, Chip. And, um, you know, we did talk about this on the flagship podcast on Wednesday, but with the big 12 D I mean, if, if he can secure the big 12 defensive player of the year honor, which I think he probably should. And it, since it is voted, I believe it is that that is voted on the coach or by the coaches in the league, correct? The head coaches. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me makes me think that he probably will, because, you know, every head coach out there knows that 41 has been a menace for their offense. I mean, it's just a reality, whether how many games back to back to back to back. I think that he led the team in tackles. He has forced so many turnovers, not just interceptions. You know, he, he has forced fumbles fumble recoveries, interceptions, as you said, today was a huge one. And I feel like he is, he should be, in my opinion, a shoe-in probably for the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I do think that since coaches are the voters on that, they probably will put him into that category. Um, but I would say he's one of the guys that prior to the season was not one that many people would be sitting here saying, you know, come – Black Friday that, okay, somebody that has the biggest decision to make is probably Jalen Ford. I I would be shocked if somebody would have told me that prior to the start of the year, I would have been like, you're out of your mind because that linebacker position is a question going into the season, but he stepped up in such a big way. I mean, you know, DeMarvin Overshone did too, but I think that Jalen Ford is probably the the story of the year for the defense, even though there are a number of stories of the year for this defense, you know, coming off of that season, as you were talking about with um, being one of the worst defense among the worst defenses in school history and year one under Pete Kwiatkowski, that turnaround is something significant. And when, when, you know, we don't get to talk to Pete Kwiatkowski or our coordinators very often, we've only been able to speak with them, what, twice, I think, since they were hired. And when Pete, our first interview ever with Pete Kwiatkowski was before the 2021 season, he was asked what he ideally would think is a good performance from a, a scoring defense performance. Um, just since he, you know, came from a different conference, was a longtime coach in the Pac-12 conference, and he had said probably like 21 points or less is what you would ideally want, and that's pretty much what the Texas defense has had. Obviously, I said you know three straight games now with uh, allowing or giving up less than 21 points. I mean, you you've got to take that every single day. But I would say you know Chip and I were walking to our cars after the the end of the Texas Baylor game 
And I, I had said, I was like, man, this defense, I feel like the stories of the year for Texas has been this defense has just continued to be lights out, continued to not let off in games where last year the defense had really good first halves and started falling off in the second half of games, um, especially when the time of possession differential was very heavily in favor of the other team. I would say that's number one. And then the, the what if, you know, what if this team won a few more games? What, what would that have mean for B. John Robinson in the Heisman race? What would that have meant for, you know, the, the team's, you know, outlook? I, I think those are probably two of the biggest stories, but um, I think it starts honestly on the defensive side of the ball. I would say that. And that's kind of crazy to say, considering where Texas has been defensively, not just last year, but I feel like in, in recent history, they just have been kind of up and down there. Yeah. And I mean, Jade Barron, I mean, this guy played himself into a, a situation where, you know, he now leads the team in tackles for loss. He had two more today. So he finishes the regular season as the team's tackle for loss leader. This is a guy who was playing corner and nickel throughout the Baylor game. I, I was like, what is going on here? Um, you know, Deshaun Jameson and Terrence Brooks were were playing the field corner, but there were times where they would take Deshaun Jameson or Terrence Brooks out, bring in Diamante Tucker Dorsey at linebacker, and move Jody Barron to corner. And um, this has been going on for the last three games. I mean, this this kid's so versatile. Um, he's he had five tackles today, two tackles for loss. He dropped another interception, would have been a sure pick six in the first half. He dropped a sure pick six last week. I'm sure he's kicking himself. Uh, he, he, he did have a pick six earlier uh, in the year against UTSA. He's got two interceptions on the season. And, um, you know, he's had an unbelievable year. I mean, I, I think if you put Jalen Ford at one, you probably put Jade Barron at two. And then, you know, the defensive line at 1A or 2A with how well they uh, were able to stop the run this year. So uh, the Texas defense has been the, the biggest story of the year. We knew Bijan Robinson was a monster. Uh, we didn't know what to expect from Quinn Ewers. And, and it was tough. It was tough for Quinn Ewers. I mean, he had that unbelievable start against Alabama for a quarter, throws that 46-yard deep ball to Xavier Worthy, and I think everyone thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a picnic. And and then he has that incredible game when he comes back against Oklahoma. Now, that was an Oklahoma team that was reeling. Then he ran into the three high safety defenses, um, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, uh, and he – he struggled mightily, no question about it, and needed Bijan Robinson to help him and Roshan Johnson to help him. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, I thought, failed Quinn Ewers in that Oklahoma State game. We'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't even get as upset about the TCU game because TCU is a you know a top four team, an undefeated team, having a great year, and they played the best defensive game of their season against Texas. It's almost like they had their signals; they knew exactly what was coming. Uh, but that Texas defense showed up when they had to have it uh, against K State on the road, against Kansas on the road, uh, today against Baylor finished the season unbelievably with uh, their big time playmakers making big time plays and uh, that you just have to, you know, feel really good about that. Um, You know, and special teams kind of a quiet day to day, but um, Bert Auburn came through when he had to and, you know, not a great day punting the football for Daniel Trejo, but he had a better day than the Baylor punter who let Texas back into this game with an 11-yard shank out of bounds. Uh, Texas got the ball at the Baylor 29 after that shanked punt, Taylor, and they needed three plays to to score, and that that allowed Texas to get back into the game. And so, um, you know, when you look at all three phases, you'll say, okay, Texas, I'll I'll take this. I'll take this performance. A, a, a complete game, right? Sark always complete says, game. yeah, you got to play a complete game on all three phases. And I think Texas did as as well of that as they probably had could have in this scenario. I mean, just the fact that, you know, we had said the time of possession differential at halftime, 21 minutes, one second to eight minutes and 59 seconds. And it was what a two point game at that point. And two of those points came from the Texas offense <laughs> from Quinn Ewers, the safety in the end zone there. Um, yeah, I mean, this was, you can't really ask for, for more now, Chip, it's, it's gonna, you know, as we kind of turn the page here, all eyes are on the, the Kansas, Kansas state game. Actually, before we say that, I want to say something about Xavier worthy. So I feel like we've been pretty critical on Xavier worthy, um, this season about his effort or lack thereof sometimes when it's not, you know, perfectly in his hands. There was a play, I think it was in the third quarter, I think it was, where he caught the ball and he lowered his helmet and just absolutely trucked the coverage guys on him. And I was like, there you go, Worthy. Like The the thing that has always been tough for me is when you see somebody that has the talent and athleticism of the caliber of Xavier Worthy, 
you want them, you want to see them play max effort, right? You know, and, and I feel like there have been a number of times this season where he was giving probably the least amount of effort offensively. And it was, it was frustrating at times, but I felt like he came to play, obviously not going to be, you know, a, a big uh, story coming out of this game. But when he lowered his shoulders and lowered his helmet and just absolutely trucked that Baylor uh, defender, I was like, I think, I think it was third quarter. Um, you could correct me if I'm wrong here, but I was like, that's one of those like pump up moments. And you want to see the play, some of the, you know, the best players on the field with the highest, the highest ceiling making those plays. And we haven't seen that that much for worthy, but I do want to give credit there because I feel like that's going to be overlooked. I was very impressed with his performance today. And now we look ahead, Chip. I mean, all eyes are on this Kansas and Kansas State game. Who would have thought, right? At the beginning of the season, could do you think that we, if somebody would have told you, oh, hey, so the Big 12 uh, conference race is going to come down to the Kansas and Kansas State game? And it's it could be either or, at the, like a toss-up a little bit there because Kansas is so much better than they expected. I mean, what would you have told somebody at the beginning of the season if that's what they told you? Oh, I I would have said, okay, wait, what? Um, like you're drunk. <laughs> like, yeah. Have another, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I expected K-State to be in the mix, and and they've, they've done what they're supposed to do. And again, Will Howard, this is – this guy, um, if there's a comeback player of the year, uh, Will Howard might be able to, to cement – that with a strong performance against Kansas. And that's my, that's my concern in this one. Will Howard has been so good uh, when he's played the majority of a game for K state. He's been, he's been really hard to beat. I mean, he came in for an injured Adrian Martinez against TCU led them to a 28 10 lead in Fort worth. Then Will Howard gets hurt in the third quarter. He he goes out. Jake Rubley, the third string quarterback, comes in, throws an interception on his first attempt. TCU takes back control of the game. Uh, Will Howard, you know, plays unbelievable in Waco, beats Baylor 31 to 3. And then um, you know, just has been taking care of business, handled West Virginia last week. And and I've said if unless something happens to Will Howard, I'm not wishing bad on the guy. Cause I, I love his story. I think he's matched up with, or he's just thrived under Colin Klein, the new offensive coordinator at K state. And, you know, but unless something happens to Will Howard, I just don't see how Kansas's defense can slow down Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn, but look, stranger things have happened. Uh, Kansas can, can move the ball. We know that. And they got, they got absolutely stuffed by Texas. Maybe they figured some things out this week and they can turn it into a shootout. But, um, you know, Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, they were a little banged up coming out of the Texas game. We'll see how healthy they are to take on K-State because, um, you know, it's a K-State team that probably is wincing at a couple of uh, plays against Texas, but came right back the next week, went to Waco, smashed Baylor 31 to three, and then uh, went to Morgantown and handled business. So I, I think the odds are against it, Taylor, but who knows? Uh, I know everyone who's connected to burn orange is going to be cheering for that, uh, 
rock chalk Jayhawk blue on Saturday night. Yeah. And including the Texas players, uh, DeMarvian Overshone told us on Monday that after the Kansas game that he was trying to pump up some of the, the Jayhawk players to get them ready to take care of business against Kansas state, which I think is a, such a DeMarvian Overshone, honestly, like move in one of the few people I think that could do it and it may work. We'll see. I don't know, but yeah, there's, you know, that that's going to be, um, what what happens for Texas future is going to be dependent on that game. And, but at the end of the day though, Chip, I feel like, you know, coming off of some of the losses that Texas had this year, whether it was the Texas tech loss or the Oklahoma state loss, even the TCU loss, I, I feel like it was a little bit demoralizing for some Texas fans thinking like, Oh, here we go again. This is going to be a bad season. The fact that Texas has turned it around, the defense was as good as we've seen in, I can't remember the last time, um, honestly, probably Manny Diaz's first year coaching at Texas as defensive coordinator when he had a veteran defense from top to bottom. Maybe this probably goes toe-to-toe, -to -toe. so 2011. We're, ta we're talking over a decade. This defense has been good, and there were some good years under Todd Orlando too, but um, you know that turnaround is something that should not be overlooked. That shows progress. You know, the the fact that Texas, after every loss, came back and kind of played with a vengeance. I think that's something that should not be overlooked. You've seen progress in Texas. And sure, eight, eight and four may not be the record, the standard that some Texas fans have for this program. I wouldn't say that it's the standard that Steve Sarkeesian or these players have for this program either. However, I think it would be um, a mistake to overlook some of the progress you have seen from Texas this season. And that that's huge from five to seven, five and seven to eight and four and potentially a slim chance of playing for a big 12 title. You'll, you'll take that. You, you've got to take it. You know, yeah. you've got to see the progress there and the culture. Well, I think culture too. That's that, something. Yeah. That shows up. Yeah. I was just about to mention that, um, you know, in, in the insider a couple of weeks ago, talking to Dan Neal, you know, he brought that up and said, listen, as a former player, as a player played on three conference championship teams at Texas and two Super Bowl winning teams with the Denver Broncos, you've got to get the culture right in the locker room where the players are playing for each other and are, you know, willing to put in the work. And we did see that this year. We saw the culture improve. So Steve Sarkeesian deserves credit for that. And you'll look at the defense and say, and the defense always kind of figured it out as the year went on, played really well early um, against Alabama, but then couldn't get off the field on fourth down against Texas Tech, played unbelievably in the third quarter against Oklahoma State uh, to you know, seemingly allow the Texas offense to put that game away after they led by 17 in the second quarter. Uh, it didn't happen. Steve Sarkeesian kept throwing it with Quinn Ewers. And I blame Steve Sarkeesian for that. I don't blame Quinn Ewers. I don't, yeah. if, if Quinn Ewers is having a tough day and he's setting the FBS record for the past three seasons for overthrows, quit throwing the football. Yeah. Hand what the ball concept. to Bijan. <laughs> right. Hand, yeah. the, right. Hand the ball to Bijan Robinson, win the game, finish the game. That game bothers me, obviously, more than any other this season um, because. They did have two fourth quarter drives that started off amazingly with, you know, strong runs by Bijan Robinson. And then Sarkeesian went to the pass. And so that bothers me. And Quinn Ewers 
you know, gets blamed for that and takes a confidence hit. And Quinn Ewers played really well in the second quarter at, at Kansas State when Texas built that 31-10 lead. And, and then he obviously struggled today. Uh, even though his numbers, he was 12 of 16 passing, 75% passing, but he got sacked five times. And he, you know, coughed up the football on one of those sacks that turned into a touchdown and he had the safety to start the game. So, you know, the quarterback position will improve. It should improve with a full off season, lots of film study, uh, Arch Manning arriving to light fires in the competition. Uh, clearly Quinn Ewers didn't feel any threat of competition from Hudson card. If Steve Sarkeesian was not going to put Hudson card in the game against Oklahoma state when he's, you know, completing only 19 of 49 passes, 38%. That's awful. I mean, yeah. if you were ever going to put in a backup quarterback just for a series to, to let Quinn Ewers catch his breath, it would have been that Oklahoma state game when that didn't happen. I'm sure Quinn Ewers felt like, well, I'm never getting replaced. Uh, and that's not, that's not good. Everybody needs to be fighting for their job all the time. Quinn Ewers will feel that. And again, I don't blame Quinn Ewers for Steve Sarkeesian continuing to throw the football when you have Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson like today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people are like, get him off the field, get Ewers off the field. He's killing us. You know, this offense can't get into rhythm, you know, run the ball, blah, blah, blah. That's Steve Sarkeesian. Exactly. So Sark has to grow because his offense is the one, you know, that kind of held this team back. Remember the 18 possessions with only six points in that stretch, um, you know, coming out of the, you know, K-State game. Remember those three-point fourth quarters and the three-point second half and the zero points? Um, you know what? No, three points, sorry, against TCU. No touchdowns. I mean, the, the offense has to get better. And I, I think the running game's going to be okay, even without Bijan Robinson and without Roshan Johnson, because I think you have, you know, Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson, Jaden Blue. You got recruits coming in. Uh, yeah, I would love to see Jordan Whittington come back. He did walk today with the seniors. Um, God bless me. He had a healthy season. He had a, a big play today. He also had a big play that resulted, um, you know, in a fumble, which was um, a bummer because that again, that was first and twenty after those two straight false starts, and he catches a twenty-nine yard uh, catch and run, and and then gets hammered and and fumbles the ball. Baylor recovers, but it uncharacteristic um, too. That was just it, it was yeah. a good play. It was a good play by Baylor. Like it let's was. yeah, it was so. You know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We've got plenty of time to kind of look ahead, but um, we'll see. We'll see if Texas can backdoor their way into the Big 12 championship. Uh, and then we'll we'll wait and see what the bowl season brings. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating for sure. And uh, what time is the K-State Kansas game? Is it tomorrow night? I it's Saturday night. Um, yeah, Saturday what, night. 6.30. Okay. Yeah. I believe. Um, let me check that out while we're, while we're talking here. <laughs> it is, what do you uh, think, Taylor? You asked me, what do you think about the Kansas, Kansas state game? I mean, it would be, it would be a story in itself, honestly, if, uh, if Kansas was able to upset K-State, I don't, 
I don't even know off the top of my head when the last time that Kansas did beat K-State in football. So that in itself would be a, a story in itself. I would say that the fact that this is a road game, um, and as you had said, you know, if, if uh, Will Howard stays in the game, is healthy. I thought all along, all season, leading into the season, actually, that Kansas State was probably the dark horse in the Big 12 title race, um, especially if they could stay healthy. That was always the biggest thing because they just don't have the depth that some other teams have, you know, and um, they've managed for the most part to do that. Uh, I know Will Howard had uh, some ups and downs, same with Adrian Martinez too, from the injury standpoint, but logic tells me K-State probably is going to win that game. Um, it would be, it would just be something I think, take Texas out of the equation, take Texas, you know, fighting for a big 12 title spot out of the equation. It would just be one of those like, Oh my gosh, Kansas upset K state <laughs> this year too, you know, and Kansas finished the season with seven wins uh, after they already secured bowl eligibility for the first time since 2008, that in itself would be just one of those like Cinderella stories, which sounds silly because it's a seven or a six win team currently that I'm talking about. If they were to get that win, it would be a seven win team. Calling that a Cinderella story, I know sounds crazy, but let's be honest, Kansas is known for basketball, not football. So <laughs> that would be huge. But I think logic shows that it's probably going to be K-State. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is a good K-State team, too. And talk and talk about a, just a, the stories, though, about both Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold, the head coaches of Kansas and Kansas State, what they've been able to do with both of those programs should not be overlooked. I think that's something that's kind of cool if you are just a college football fan to watch and see that the turnaround and the style of play that they have brought. That's big. I think, um, you know, it, it's, it would be fun to watch, but I, I would say I'm not a betting person, but I would say if I had to put money on it, I probably would not bet on the underdog upset in this one. Unfortunately for Texas fans, sorry, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I just, uh, you know, logically speaking, I think that this K-State team's uh, a far superior team than probably Kansas, but that's not a, a knock on Kansas to me. And that game is at seven o'clock, I believe, on yeah, uh, seven o'clock. Fox. Yeah. And how about Lance Leipold? He gets an extension um, in in September. He got an extension through the 2027 season, and this past week, he got uh, two more years through the 2029 season um for leading kansas to this you know six and five record first first bowl game since the the 2008 season uh under mark mangino back in the day so i was still um, in college last time that kansas played for a bowl game i'll say that yeah <laughs> yeah and lance leipold you know is a name who he's from wisconsin um i know when wisconsin uh, made their coaching change. A lot of KU fans were nervous, but um, Lance Leipold staying right where he is. And we'll see if he can pull off some Sunflower State showdown magic Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We will, we will be watching, and we will also, uh, depending on the outcome of that game, have all kinds of things. Well, we'll have all kinds of things to talk about no matter what, as we, um, you know, prepare for our, our flagship podcast, uh, which we do every week, but Taylor, we have to mention it's black Friday and we have the most unbelievable offer going on right now to join 
horns 24 7. we just want to be one of your texas sites but you really should be a member at horns 24 7 because not only do you get all the the latest scoop uh and intel on your longhorns but you get vip access to all the VIP content on the entire 24-7 sports network. All, you know, Alabama, LSU, um, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, you're getting the premium content to all those sites by becoming uh, an annual member at Horns 24-7. And right now, 75% off. You're, you're basically paying $2.24 a month for uh, the best place to come follow the Longhorns. Yeah, no brainer, no brainer. If you're going to take a, you know, take part of any Black Friday specials, this is definitely the one, as Chip said, two twenty four per month for 12 months of uh, VIP access to not just Horns 24-7, but the entire 24-7 sports network. No promo code uh, required. New members just go to horns247.com. There are plenty of links on the front page, <laughs> um, you know, to promote this uh, 75% off special, click on one of those, sign up, become an annual member. You will get access to all the other team sites and get it at the best price because this is literally all every year. The Black Friday sale is the one that we all kind of count down to because it is the best sale of the year. So definitely do not miss out. This offer does end Monday at 11 p.m. Central Time. So it's going to go through the weekend into Cyber Monday. Don't wait till last minute. Join today, and uh, you will not be disappointed. Especially at the you, you wouldn't be disappointed regardless. But especially two twenty four per month. Come on. Yeah, and yeah. You, give it to yourself for Christmas, and then yeah, tell your, you know, wife, your girlfriend, your kids. Hey, thanks for giving me um, horns twenty four seven because <laughs> it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, it's I mean basketball season. Are you kidding me? You got a top five basketball team. With Chris Beard, and I, I mean it, this team I am I'm all in on because of the guard play. Tyrese Hunter, uh, Jabari Rice, uh, these guys are going to give Texas a presence at the guard position in March. Um, and Marcus Carr is playing so much better off the ball now. Uh, and Dylan Mitchell, the five-star freshman, is only going to get better as the season goes on. I mean, this could be a special team. You don't want to miss out on that. All the recruiting news, Arch Manning, the incredible 2023 football class Texas is putting together. So just click on the, the front page at Horns 24-7 right now and do yourself a favor while you're thinking of it and just become a member of Horns 24-7 and uh, enjoy it. Just enjoy talking Texas football year-round and getting all the scoop on your favorite team. And favorite teams, we we talk about volleyball and the Texas women's basketball team too. So we don't, you know, we don't, uh, we cover it all. It's what we do. Um, Taylor, anything else before we we sign off here from our recap of Texas's 38-27 victory over Baylor? Um, the only thing I would say is, something that kind of happened behind the scenes after the game. Bijan Robinson had a group of reporters, no surprise, right, around him after the game. And, you know, I know that Texas fans have been hearing for the last two years, Steve Sarkeesian talking about Bijan Robinson being 
as good of a football player that he is, he's an even better person. I feel like sometimes that does get overlooked. I think sometimes people think it's coach speak, but just a little behind the scenes deal with Bijan. He was asked all these questions about, you know, his future. He, he took the high road, didn't answer really, you know, just is focused on the rest of the season. But after the interview with him, Chip, he literally every single person that was interviewing him, he shook their hands or gave them a hug. He gave me like a huge hug when he was walking out. And that just, you know, I feel like sums up who Bijan Robinson is. And I hope Heisman voters are listening to this too, because you want the best player in college football to also be the best person. And it's rare, I think, sometimes that that happens. But Bijan Robinson fully is the, he um, personifies exactly what elite is and what being a uh, the next level type of person is both on and off the field. So I thought that was kind of a, a cool thing. Like he stayed around to make sure to say, you know, thank everybody, give them hugs, shakes or handshakes and everything. So yeah. uh, Texas fans, you've had a special one for the last three years. We'll say that. I thought the funniest line um, that we got on Monday was Jordan Whittington saying that Bijan will now bow up to his teammates because in the past, <laughs> Jordan Whittington said, I'd tell him, move out the way. And Bijan would be like, yes, sir. <laughs> and then this season, Whittington would be like, hey, move out the way. And Bijan would be like, uh, you're going to have to go through me. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, he's, he's toughened up. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I saw him in the hall after, and uh, I said, man. They got you the ball just in time. He's like, yeah, and it finished just the way it should. And <laughs> he said, man, I can't thank you enough for, for all the coverage. And you're sitting there going, wow. Yeah. So, and we, we should also. It either. Like, that's the thing. We don't expect that from players right, ever. Right, right. Like, and, and that's what makes it, I feel like people should hear it because that's never the expectation. You're one of the top players in college football. My expectation is not for you to sit there and, you know, hang out and be all chummy with us or anything like that. It's kind of like uh, just be there for any reason, leave, and nobody would blink an eye, but that just shows how different he is. Right. And also we should mention um, Jaleel Billingsley, the Alabama transfer tight end, no longer with the Texas football team. Um, that development uh, confirmed, uh, you know, before the game. And so that experiment uh, Billingsley was suspended for the first six games of the season due to an NCAA matter stemming from last season at Alabama. Um, but he had three catches on the season, uh, one really big drop against TCU on second and 10 near midfield that could have gone for a big play. Uh, but that, that uh, experiment has, has come to an end. So we will, We'll keep you updated over there at horns247.com. So if you're not a member, jump on that 75% off offer and uh, and come join the party. Until next time, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Um, stay safe, keep the faith, and uh, hope everyone is having a great Thanksgiving weekend. All right, take care. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. 
It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. Beats.